Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy a boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome, this is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Barry the Boater, Captain Patrick, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information. A lot of crazy stuff to cover uh, today, and we're going to get to as much as we possibly can. Is that right, Captain Patrick? Help me out. Uh, That is the word. That is the, uh, that's the effort we're going to make. So first up on the agenda, or the list of topics that we have to discuss is what? Well... Over the years, Greg, um, we've talked about the importance of having VHF radios right. and EPIRB locators and mm-hmm. things of that nature and not being solely reliant upon modern technology uh, on a personal level, if you will. Um, if you remember the one story we did where the guy went in the water off of his boat, the boat sank, and somehow... He connected to his house via Siri and had this emergency song that would play through the house speakers that would alert his family that he was in trouble. And right. I was like, man, those are a lot of hoops to jump through. Yeah, but that's cool. It's a Why? smart house uh, <laughs> or smart it's, houseboat. I don't know. Those, no, no. Those are a lot of hoops to jump through mm-hmm. when your life is in danger. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Still cool. Uh, this past week. We had another incident like that and bring it up just to highlight the fact that don't do this. Please don't do this. The The alternatives to doing this are a properly functioning VHF radio, uh, something that Barry actually uh, a few weeks ago went back through his boat, and made sure it was working properly, even to the point where he went out and he checked the antenna signal, everything like that, redid his connections. I mean, that's some fine damn work right there, Barry. Uh, well, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, but it was time to get it done. It's an annual exa- thing, but exact, but exactly. I mean, it's or an annual thing. You, it's something that it's you t- pay attention to. So, uh, aside from a properly working VHF or having, uh, if I was doing it, if I was upgrading, I don't know, Barry, your your boat, you may already have done this. If your VHF has a DSC, yes, it does uh, function. Yes, it um, does. Do you want to explain what the DSC does? Well, it's first of all, you have to get a specific number that's applied to your boat. Well, DSC stands for what? Digital Selective Calling. Okay. Yes. Correct. And uh, what it does is it's a little red emergency button that you, first of all, the radio should be hooked up to your GPS. So the radio has your GPS coordinates in it at all time. Then if you have an emergency, you can just press this button, but usually you have to press it and hold it or press it two times or you know, press it and turn around three times and clap your and, heels and, together. And, wow. and most yeah. times, most times it's underneath a, a little shield that you have to flip up. Right. So you can't accidentally press it while you're out on your boat. But if you well, swirl and clap your hands, that's just bonus or that's just well, flare? No, no, the reason I think the reason why they do that is because they thought, you know, children would see this thing and say, oh, what does this button do? Ah, right. and, and they would press it. So you actually have to confirm that this is really happening mm-hmm. when you do that. This radio sends out an automated signal on channel 16 
with your latitude and longitude coordinates, and it keeps doing it for a certain number of times. So while you're busy bailing water or fighting off the Great Wyatt or something like that, mm. hopefully the radio will save you. Yeah, okay. getting your getting your passengers into their life jackets, you know, trying to keep everybody calm. You got enough stuff going around. So the ability just to go to your VHF and not even have to pick up the mic and send out a mayday, you know, an SOS would be to just flip this this cover on your VHF and press this button, confirm that yes, I'm sending the signal. It sends a burst transmission. Anybody monitoring channel 16, Coast Guard. They're going to be alerted. Now, it's going to tell them where the boat is. So if you get separated from the boat, that those things happen, and you don't want to tie yourself to the boat, especially if it sinks, that is not a good idea. Triumphs uh, don't sink. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't, don't even. Oh, come on. I, I will. Um, I, <laughs> he's tried. He hasn't had, he's been <laughs> successful yet. So Nope. <laughs> but, so, but wait, you tested this uh, DSC. Uh, emergency oh, no, channel? No, 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 no. So no, how do you, 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 okay, you just uh, checked your radio to make sure it was set up properly for it? or Right, what, right. And there was one other thing, let me just mention before we go on, is that it also somehow takes over any radios that are listening, and they act as repeaters, I believe, and bounce those signals further along so you have more distance to cover. Correct. It's, 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 you know, if you're looking to upgrade your boat, or if you have a boater in your life, then you're looking for something, and VHFs are not incredibly expensive, um, even with the DSC function. But you have to remember, if you do it, you got to get it registered. You got you have to go through the steps. It's not something that's going to work, you know, unless you get that. Uh, is it the uh, MMI, MMS? Uh, uh, yeah, MMISI or something like that. MMSI yeah. number. Yeah, and. If you buy a boat that's equipped with that, and the previous and the previous owners have registered it, you, I think you have to redo the registration for you. Um, so there, there, there are some things there that people might be, oh my god, this is so many steps to take. It really isn't. Anyway, up in Connecticut, when this these people were out on this boat, and the boat starts to sink, um, and eventually caps. <laughs> not a triumph but eventually triumph. capsizes mm. um they don't think and i'm not don't know that they had a vhf on board if not shame on them don't know if they had an epurb on board if not shame on them because even if you're a good swimmer uh, even if it's a lake um and this was off the coast of uh, connecticut so we're talking about out in the atlantic and greg and barry you know this well enough from your diving adventures just going a mile offshore which doesn't seem like a great distance but if something happens and you're in the water and you don't have a life jacket or you couldn't get to your life jacket you got to swim depending on wind tide wave action you could be in for it yep yep so a mile when we think linear on land is not that far when we're talking about out in the water it can be deadly i mean just a, just a mile offshore I think if you're an ex-football player, you could swim it because there was one that did that years ago. Yeah, okay. but he. Uh, anyway, so yeah. these guys wound up calling 911, got to their cell phone, called 911, and then they're FaceTiming. Oh, really? We are looking at this. It's sinking. <laughs> you know, and it, and it it's just that if if you're 
if your plan, and hopefully you have one, if your plan for if your boat ever sinks or capsizes is to grab your cell phone, and that's <laughs> that's 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 it. That's between you and dying. You're making bad life choices. <laughs> yeah, but imagine the video if it ever becomes a YouTube that's video. Right. How many hits you can get? Exactly. Well, that that was part of that that story where the guy with the thing hooked up through his house. I I had alluded to it, man. <laughs> I, I, it seemed a little sketchy to me. Well, you know, it's time. okay to have those kind of, uh, you know, elements set up if, if you're technically inclined to do so, but that should not be your first that step. Should, that should be plan Z. Right. Well, I exactly. mean, that should be right. so far down the list, you know, that it, it's literally the last thing because everything else that I've tried has failed. And I'm telling you, if you've got a VHF properly working with the DSC, they're going to find you. If you've got an EPIRB and it's attached to you and you're on a life jacket and your passengers are in life jackets and you're roped together so yeah. that everybody doesn't, because again, wind and wave action, all of a sudden, where'd Bob go? Uh, yeah. He was, he was here 10 minutes ago. Well, he was her, bobbing her, along, you know, he <laughs> next stop for him is Greenland. <laughs> That'd be you a know? nice trip. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. Yeah. Uh, so, Having those items, very, very simple to have, very simple to maintain, very easy to ensure that they're working just like Barry does. Be like Barry. Wow, that's the first time we've ever said that in the history of the world of boating. (laughs) But uh, I guess he'll take it, so we'll leave it at that for now. More coming up. Stay close. listening to the world of boating radio network posting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet it's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products i personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures however i do believe in sharing the joy and this is why we've added nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scuba radio.com nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments underwater photographers listen up from their high impact NK resin to their exclusive power claw latches, Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department, led by his ex-girlfriend, and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. 
put a brain fork in him. He's done. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast i lost my stomach for boating a while ago and we both know that these aren't friendly waters this is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, that's me, along with Captain Patrick and Barry, the boater. Be like Barry if you want to get your uh, you know boat operating properly and not be the guy that we talk about on the World of Boating and on a future episode saying, hey, hey you got a FaceTime video, uh, all, of, uh, all of his crew and his passengers and himself drowning uh, because they didn't uh, reach out on the VHF radio first. Uh, and, be uh, like Barry. Uh, bumper stickers will be available at World of Boating soon. Okay. All right. Well, so that'll have happen sometime in 3021. Uh, All right. I okay. can wait. All right. So what else do we got to cover today, Captain Patrick? Well, Greg, as you know, uh, it is that time of the year when the weather has warmed up. And I'm talking about any place other than Florida because Florida, it is hot, hot. Uh, pretty much year-round. Want to go and, for a swim? Just walk outside. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, and people are starting to head out on the water, so especially summertime. So kids are out of school. Uh, they're going to be doing a lot of boating, hopefully. And one of the states that is very popular with boaters is the state of Minnesota. Uh, okay. Minnesota the boating industry in Minnesota alone has a $3 billion a year economic impact up there. Huh. Yeah. It's the land of 10,000 lakes, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I think our friend Dennis came from there. Yeah. Minnesota boating is huge and they have such a short boating season. Um, you know, probably the lakes are already starting to ice over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, um, so, when we talked with our friend from uh, the NMMA uh, about, I don't know, a year ago, uh, we were talking about wakeboard boats and the issues where residents on lakes and on waterways are looking to restrict the use of wakeboard boats, uh, the use of the time that they can be used and kind of corral them into a specific area where it would just be for wakeboard boats. and. There's some responsibility, I think, there on the end of boat manufacturers because, honestly, what's the biggest wakeboard boat you need? I mean, the, they're starting to get a little out of control. Uh, what I've seen uh, some manufacturers doing, don't know necessarily that they're out on the market yet, but I, I've, I've kind of been privy to some of their uh, R&D stuff. When you've got a 35-foot that's a little big wakeboard boat, twin stern drive, and again with the uh, with the uh, uh, surf drives from Volvo Penta. So those are going to tuck in. Props are going to face forward. These huge, huge. You're talking about a boat that is probably ten and a half to eleven feet wide. Hmm. So displacement 
And then you got these huge surf tabs on top of that to create these huge wakes that now, now we're, we're, I think as an industry, you have some responsibility and maybe, yeah, there might be a, a limited market for that, but maybe don't do that because what's going to happen is eventually these municipalities are going to come down and they're going to say, you can't put a boat like that um, out on this water. We have it actually here in Orange County where on the local lakes, a lot of people don't realize they're limited in size um, up to, it was 26 feet. And I will be the first one to say that I've been guilty in the past. The statute of limitations has long since passed of putting boats bigger than 26 feet out on area lakes for testing purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, you rebel, you. Yeah. Yeah. Big <laughs> rebel. So the, the, the Lake Minnetonka Conservation District, known as LMCD, is considering new rules for wakeboard boats that churn up waves that surfers can ride. Critics say that they damage the environment and they're loud. Well, they're really no louder than your average stern drive boat, um, unless it's they're talking about the stereo systems that they're putting on these things. Right. Um, damaging the environment, certainly. <laughs> Sound effects included. Wait till he's done. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Damaging the environment is certainly a concern uh, that we we've seen here in Central Florida. And reports again, uh, boaters who aren't being as responsible. They're running too close to shore, uh, creating these wakes. The wakes are washing out uh, lake beds and you know, river banks and things like that. And it, it it can have a negative impact. And we have to be aware of that. And we have to boat responsibly. And the thing with wakeboard boats is normally you're closer to the shore because you want your friends or your neighbors or, you know, uh, whomever to see you as you're wakeboarding. Um, so Might you make close, exactly. Yeah. So you're making close passes versus maybe heading out towards the center of the lake um, and making straight runs across and kind of keeping out of everybody's way and not doing any damage. So up in Lake Minnetonka, um, and the reason why I brought this up is because this, this is a, I think you get to a point as a municipality where you're either, you're either going to do something or not. And what they're doing right now is they're having the first of what may be many listening sessions. So you can kind of guess how those meetings are going or going to go. You're going to have your advocates for wakeboards, wakeboard boating, and you're going to have your advocates for the environment or those people who own property out on the uh, the shoreline and don't want to see it damaged or just plain, you know, are out there shaking their fists at these people as we're going by and you know, get off my lake, you young um, whippersnappers, you doing hmm. with your aerial tricks and your 360s and 720s and McFlips and all that stuff. Right. So, I I I think you get into a, a you get to a point where, again, as a municipality, you go beyond. Look, listening sessions are fine, uh, and we can certainly open up a period for that. But to have meeting after meeting after meeting, this is an issue. We realize it's an issue, and you have to come up with a viable plan that. For an industry that creates a $3 billion a year impact on your state, 
where you're not going to. You don't want hurt. to shut down. Yeah, you don't want to shut down the industry. Uh, and they have to wait around for how until the year 3000, like my stickers. Yeah. What are you? My bumper stickers that Greg's going to make up. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, we took public comment on those, by the way. Already? Yeah. Yeah. One person. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> yeah. And they, it was overwhelming uh, consensus. They, they don't that, want them. They don't sure. want so, them. <laughs> they, 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 they've already enacted some things where they've asked or enacted what they call core tenants, uh, where they are asking voters to stay 200 feet from shore, limit repetitive passes, uh, and provide one-on-one education to new boat buyers. And I think the one-on-one education to new boat buyers is excellent, no matter what kind of boat uh, they've purchased. The 200 feet from shore, certainly. Limit repetitive passes, absolutely. Okay. But I don't think asking is going to be enough. You think they're going to have to pass a law? Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. Captain Patrick has spoken, and we have more of his comments next on The World of Boating. You're listening to The World of Boating Radio Network. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the boating world? Well, look no further than the World of Boating Radio Show. Just like you, thousands of boating enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to worldofboating.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast i love your stuff what am i you fool me every time well almost every time well once or twice well once but it was a good one This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Barry the Boater, Captain Patrick, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information and just get Patrick's thoughts on these different, uh, you know, uh, well, he makes predictions, which uh, I think he, I'm with him on this. I think, uh, you know, just having a public comment there in Minnesota about Lake Minnetonka and potential rules and things like that that they, they would like boaters to abide by. They, they may have to pass an official rule or law or whatever to get uh, boaters to abide by it. So 
you know, just education is not enough, though. I mean, yeah, you know, the, the, unfortunately. The only, the only problem when we've reported on stories like this in the past where they've looked at uh, creating legislation to, uh, I don't want to say restrict voting, but it, it, it is, in effect, restricting certain types of voting. Uh, who enforces it? You yeah. know, you don't you don't have enough you don't have enough resources now as it is uh, to go to especially you know uh, uh, the land of ten thousand lakes um, to have an officer or officers on every lake or even periodically or unless you know it's a lake that's very popular with a certain type of boating and you're going to go out there and then what a waste of of time and and money to make sure that people are doing that which they should be already inclined to do, which is to boat responsibly, use their boat responsibly, even if it's a wakeboard boat. There's a time, there's a place, there's a way that you can do it that you you keep these things from boiling up and resulting in we have to have a listening session and then we're going to have to enact legislation. It seems that over the years that boaters when left on their own are best at uh, regulating themselves okay you know we so education large, over legislation yeah by and okay. large and part of that is you know having somebody that you know maybe you know is new to boating or uh you took out on your wakeboard boat or you took out on your fishing boat or whatever it is and they're like man this is really great i'm gonna get me one of these well great Welcome to the family. Now let's go over some things, some do's and don'ts that are going to keep you and your passengers safe and going to help protect the environment and going to make sure that somebody's not standing out on their dock with a 12 gauge, you know, threatening to blow a hole in the side of your Well, boat. right, right. Well, so what, what are you saying, though? The uh, public comment that they've taken, uh, you're saying maybe they don't need to pass an official rule. They just need to maybe put out some guidelines for safe boating in the area, post them, promote them. Try to educate the boaters that are coming to the lake uh, as I, opposed to pa- pass an official rule or law that would create I some am, problems. I am of the mindset, you know this because I've advocated this for a very long time. It's not popular among the boating industry. It's not popular among boaters in general. But I think having a boater's license, an actual licensing where you have to go out in your boat and you have to prove to a tester, just like you would in your car, that you know how to properly operate your boat before we hand you the, the a, a registration that and a tag that allows you to go out on the water with this vehicle, which is what it is. It's, it's a vehicle. Uh, and I think part of that when you're doing that is the education aspect and it's, the licensing, the relicensing, um, and real penalties that are enforced that if you're found to be in violation, as you would with your car, where, hey, we're suspending your driver's license for six months or a year or for a lifetime because you are not, you've proven that you're not capable of operating this motorized vehicle in a safe manner that's going to keep make sure that everybody else on the roadway is safe as well. And it's unfortunate that it comes down to that, but I, it's going to be a long time if we ever get there 
which I don't think we will. Again, mm-hmm. it's something that um, I think would be a benefit. Uh, but well, that right, would you, give you, you, uh, that would you give I, some of your effort or some of those rules you're talking about some teeth. And I get it. Yes, it would. But we've, but, we've talked about this even with with when it relates to flying, where you know you have to do certain steps to be granted a pilot's license. Now. Does that mean that you can't just go to an airfield and hop in somebody's plane and, and go take off? Yeah, that happens, unfortunately. Not people legally. do that. <laughs> not legally. Right. And, and you're right. Not legal. Just like people can jump in a car without a license, without a registration, without insurance, and go drive that car. You're not going to stop everyone. No. But you're going to make sure the majority of people out there are doing it and doing it safely. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, playing devil's advocate, I think you create a level of bureaucracy that isn't necessarily going to solve the big it's picture already, problems. But, it, but it's already there. What do you mean it's already there? We don't have a boating uh, driver's Mo- license. Oh, but we do. Most states have sort of. in have in place a boat education safety card that you have to do. So the, the mechanism is already there. You just have to enhance it. Well, and okay, make it something maybe. that is real instead of something I can do online. Hey, I got a boat safety ID card. Go out on my PWC or on my boat that'll do 110 miles an hour and go out and kill somebody. Well, but maybe well, that 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 could also be um, you know uh, regional as well. As far as like you know, different waterways have different considerations for the environment and how you boat in that particular place, like Lake Minnetonka. You know, well, they, I mean, that, that that that's true because my captain's license is no good up in yeah. the Great Lakes. Well, it, so once again, my my point going broader picture here would be just like, aren't we better off focusing our efforts on educating the boaters that want to use that particular waterway and create campaigns and trying to educate the boaters and making them aware whether it's signage or pamphlets or whatever you know at the marinas and docks that they uh, patronize that would uh, alert them to hey. If you're going to operate a boat here in this area, you need to do this, this, and this. Self, and be aware. Self-regulation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's some, you know, some. Okay, but, but what are the what, what are the penalties? Well, if they hurt somebody, there's plenty of penalties. Well, that, that, <laughs> they, but we're not not talking about hurting somebody. Let's just talk about well, property. Okay, same I, thing. You, they get uh, sued uh, if they. Well, that, that's tough. That's tough to do. You have to prove it. Well, uh, the penalties would be as they would enact these rules and regulations that would hurt everyone instead of the few that cause the problems. Well, that, or just once again, the effort of trying to enforce that stuff uh, costs money. So my point is, are you better off steering those potential funds for promotion or education as opposed to legislation and hiring more law enforcement or Marine Patrol to enforce these new rules that have a tendency to end up creating bigger problems and and uh, more bureaucracies and things like that than uh, actually solve the problem. That, I mean, that, that's the dilemma you have with all this stuff all the time, it, I think. It really won't matter because in 20 years, the entirety of the earth will be covered with water anyway. We'll be into a Kevin Costner water world situation. Yeah, and boaters yes. will rule the world. Exactly. And, we'll, that's right. and there will be plenty of room for everybody. No, we're going to uh, all live on houseboats. Yeah. yeah. Now, better invest kind of in them now. Because all boats will be houseboats. Now, sub, yeah. sub, submarines. Mm-hmm. That's the way to go. Yeah, I was, now, we're ahead of the curve. Uh, we're ahead of the wave here a, at the world A of place that uh, seems to be lacking in certain things is uh, boat ramps, and this story is out of Cape Coral, Florida. Yeah. Uh, these neighbors near Northwest 25th Avenue said they have no place to get their boats in and out of the water. 
There are no boat ramps in Southwest Florida. Not true. That seems like uh, misinformation. Where's that panel? Well, when we come we back. Yeah. More coming up on the world of boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast looks like one ship was saved today a relationship This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Barry the Boater, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information. Okay, uh, Patrick, we got a few more minutes left before we head back to the dock. What do we got? Uh, no boat ramps in southwest Florida, Greg. No this is boat breaking, ramps. Breaking news story. Apparently, all the boat ramps in southwest Florida, Cape Coral, have disappeared. According to? <laughs> According to the neighbors. Uh, that want use of this county city-owned boat ramp, which, when you look at this story on worldofboating.com uh, or the World of Boating Facebook page, um, you probably, knowledgeable boaters have probably seen boat ramps like this, and what you can't see me doing is air quotes, because it is barely, what I've talked in the past about literally picking boats up off the side of the road, you know, customers that I need to meet and, you know, boat ramp isn't anywhere nearby, and I just kind of find a spot off the side of the road and back in the trailer. This is kind of like that. It's it's pretty much uh, crushed stone uh, leading down into a canal, hmm. and the city government said this is this is for city and and county employees only for for government boats. It's not for public use, and to prove that point, they have spent a whopping $75 to drive two four-by-fours into the ground, two eye bolts, and a chain stretched across the the uh, entrance to the boat ramp, which I'm sure nobody in their right mind will be able to figure out how to get around <laughs> these monolithic structures of these two four-by-fours. <laughs> I, I use my uh, my Harbor Freight chain cutter and then put a quick release on it. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, these, these, people, these people would have been better off if they had just said, you know what, here's here's what we're going to do. You know, listen, I went over there. I got this thing. Uh, we can go right around it, which you can. I yeah, mean, you, you could. <laughs> you know, it. The picture. There's, there's no two ways about it. Well, no, they, right they went around this thing. They, they, they <laughs> put, they put grasses on the side so you wouldn't be able to go around. Oh no, that's so, going to stop us. Darn well, that, you know that, that one inch high grass. Yeah. Well, okay. Where is this again? <laughs> this exactly. Is Ca- this is Cape Coral. Um, the right. other, the other thing Barry would be like, back these eye bolts out of this thing and just make it like a quick release. Like, look, we all keep quiet. Don't make a ruckus. Mm-hmm. The city will never know. We just come in, launch your boat quick, 
and then be out. But then they got it. No, we need access to this. We want to do it. And Barry, a quick search on Google. How many boat ramps are in this area? There are 15. There's even a PDF map (laughs) that shows you where they're located. So I don't understand why they say they don't have boat ramps. Because they're not behind their house. Yeah, well, that's the other thing is that (laughs) this was a water community that sprung up back in the early 2000s. That was going to be really popular where people can have their boats, I thought, in their backyard, either on davits or sitting in the water. Right. And you have direct access through a very large uh, canal or maybe called a river at this point because it's so big uh, out to the Gulf of Mexico. So that was the idea behind it. Okay. But this particular ramp, I mean, they they just want access to it and what the city uh, marked it off with that chain. And then (laughs) they're like, hey, we were using this. And they were like, you know, you're not supposed to. This is ours. If they could have just, if they would have just kept their mouth shut. Yeah. Um, But uh, Cape Coral resident Michael Stinson said, I was looking up buying a pontoon boat last week and I went and I looked at it. I can't buy it because there's no way to get in and out. There's no boat ramps in Cape Coral. What is the city saying about this? (laughs) Do we know? I mean, why do they need their own little separate boat ramp anyway? They there? don't. They don't specifically say. They yeah. just say that it was for city and government use, and anyone that used that ramp without permission did so illegally. Oh, probably um, for putting in their service boats to where they can go and you know uh, take care of the hydrilla and all that right. stuff. You know, stuff that keeps the waterways usable for these crybabies over in Cape Coral. Yeah, um, but do, do they really need it? Their own separate boat ramp, though, like that? No, no they there's, don't. There's 15 of them. They have boat. No, ramps. I mean, I'm talking about the city. Do they have to have one exclusively that they have to be? Able but to Greg, use? it's really not a boat. I mean, it, it's a boat ramp in name only. It's it's literally white stone that is yeah. on a slope into the water. Right. It, 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 well, it'd be like any uh, you know entrance and, and that here, you get access to the waterway. And, but and, well, here's the thing: the city needs it. They've determined they need it. They made this little quick launch boat ramp for city uh, uh, vehicles, you know, boats, whether it's uh, police with PWCs or for whatever reason, it's theirs. It's on their property. It's for them to use. And if they did open this up to the public, chances are somebody's going to wind up losing their vehicle. Because it's really not a boat ramp. It's it's literally stone rocks um, that's it's been probably graded made, yeah. down into the water. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to lose their trailer. Somebody's going to lose their vehicle. Next thing you know, the county's going to get sued because you know that's what's going to happen. We all know that that's what they, you're going to go after the people with it. They should have built the proper boat ramp and not opened it up to us in the or, public. Or, you know, How it's am a, I ever going to get my, my pontoon boat back out of the water now? Right. Uh, or, or it's a free ramp and you're going to see, you know, 20 boats or 20 trailers with their cars attached to them. And the neighbors around the area are going to say, what are all these cars and trailers doing here? This is not a public boat ramp. Mm. Yeah. So the same people that would have were advocating for using the boat ramp would have been, would now then be saying, Oh, there's too many boat trailers out here. You guys, this isn't a proper boat ramp. You shouldn't, you know. And this other guy uh, has a friend who lives nearby, doesn't say exactly where, but lives nearby and has a leak in their boat. He's out there every day with a pump to try to keep it from sinking. Sir, (laughs) life is all about choices. And (laughs) you're making a bad one every day. If your boat is taking on water on a daily basis to where you've got to go and bail it out, it's time to either get a CETO membership, 
and pay the 160 bucks and then have them come and tow your boat to a boat ramp to where you can get it out safely or get your boat out of the water. Stop thinking it's everybody else's fault and the fact that you can't get to this rock-strewn boat ramp, that's the only thing keeping you from losing your boat. 15 boat ramps in the area, real boat ramps, use them. Okay. That's what your tax money is paid for, not this rock-strewn, little graded thing that's for county uh, uh, watercraft, for whatever, again, whether it's for going out and monitoring hydrilla, or if it's for the police department to launch a couple PWCs off of so that they can say, monitor the waterways and make sure everybody's safe. It's not for you to use. Quit your bitching and moaning and go to one of the 15 boat ramps at a proper boat park and use them. So boat ramps aren't disappearing in Florida. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, apparently they're just popping up on the sides of the road. And, and believe it or not, this, the city said people who live on freshwater canals can put in a private boat ramp at their homes. I don't know anywhere else you can do that. You certainly can't do that in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, go so, down to St. John's River sometime, my friend. Well, it's possible down there. but uh, Well, if you got I, waterfront property, I guess there's no reason why you couldn't do that, correct? If you own the property. Uh, oh, there, there are rules as far as, uh, at least in Fort Lauderdale, you can't put a boat ramp in your backyard, as oh, far no, as I know. It's no. Lake Conway. I've seen them out there. People have boat ramps on their their property. Yeah, which is which is smart. I mean, yeah. Listen, if I if I had the money and I could afford to have a house out on out on a, a lake like that, I'd certainly. I mean, my house could be two rooms and a garage, but I'd certainly damn well have a boat ramp. Well, it, it sounds like so much easier. They, it sounds like they need to uh, set up some uh, public comment meetings. <laughs> Yeah, for the next six years. Take Coral and figure out if they can come to an agreement, <laughs> which means they won't. And they'll just pass a law and chain it off like they've had, probably. That's the best we got. Sorry, gang. <laughs> I think we apologized in advance, didn't we, at the beginning of the show? No, if we didn't, no. we, I apologize now. And okay. on that note, we will wrap it up. Till next time, remember, whether it's sail or motor, life, life is, is better, better as a boater. Safe boating, everyone. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at (gasps) worldofboating.com. Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com.